Well, good morning. I want to remind everyone that today is our Vision Sunday offering. And the money that's contributed today goes to a number of important and wonderful ministries, both at home and abroad. There are a number of ways that you can give. Uh, you'll get some more information about that in just a moment. But uh, these are often, uh, these are always big days. And so uh, just want to encourage you to, to give and uh, as we strive to be a blessing to our community. So what's the most important call you've ever received? It may have been when you received that phone call from the doctor about the pathology report. Or it could have been when you received word about a job you were looking for and your future employer calls you and says, when can you go to work? Or maybe it was a call that I remember um, receiving once when I was with a friend and this family had been longing for an opportunity to adopt a child and they'd gone through this long process and finally we got the phone call. I was there when they got the phone call and they heard they were going to get a baby. All through the Bible we have these very interesting call stories. And so for instance in Genesis chapter 12 God calls this man by the name of Abraham to leave his country, to leave all that was familiar, and he was going to go on this journey with God, and, and God was going to bless him and bless all nations of the earth through him. Or how about in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses is standing in front of a burning bush, and from that bush he hears from God, and God says, I want you to stand in front of Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him to let my people go. Or how about in Joshua chapter 1, Moses has now passed, and Joshua is going to be the new leader of the people of God, and God calls Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. Or what about Luke chapter 1? This peasant girl by the name of Mary receives news that God has called her to be the one person, this woman who would bear the Christ child. What an amazing call. Well, last Sunday morning, we began this new message series we're calling Long Story Short, because really that's a very good description of the gospel that we're reading, the gospel of Mark. It's, it's this very fast-paced, action-oriented book, and it is the long story short. It's the shortest of the gospels. Um, it's the first gospel. And so we're spending time during this fall season looking through this, this wonderful gospel. And the first words that Jesus speaks in this uh, gospel are words about the kingdom. Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. When we see Jesus, the king, we understand we're witnessing the kingdom. And as we respond to this message, respond to the kingdom message, as we repent of our sins and believe or trust the Lord, we get to experience the kingdom of God. And we understand that God is not indifferent, He's not distant, but God is very much engaged in our world. He's still on the throne. While there may be all sorts of chaos around us, there can be peace within us because we know God is still in charge and we know how the story is going to work out. And friends, this is a message we especially need, I think, in 2020. But the first thing that Jesus does after he announces the kingdom 
is that he begins gathering a community. And so as Barry said just a few moments ago, Jesus is now walking by the Sea of Galilee and he looks out and he, he sees these two brothers. He sees Simon and he sees Andrew. And these guys are, are fishing. And they weren't fishing just for fun, understand? They were fishing for a living. And don't think rods and reels and don't think of a bass boat with an Evan Rude motor. No, think of, of guys who have these big nets and they're casting these nets into the roaring sea and they're pulling these nets out and they've been working hard and Jesus walks up to them. There's no indication of any sort of small talk. Jesus gets right to the point. He looks at them and he says, come, follow me. And now they have a decision to make. The decision is, will they follow Jesus? Now, one of Mark's favorite words is the word immediately, or the phrase at once. You find that all through the gospel. And it says at once. They left their nets, and they followed Jesus. They left something important to follow Jesus into this important work he was calling them to. Now, here's the amazing thing. Not only does Jesus call Peter and Andrew, and he's also going to call James and John and others, but he's calling us today. And the question is, will we heed the call? Will we go with Jesus to make this difference in our world? Will we follow? And so the first call of Jesus is the call to follow. Now, in our culture, it seems we're more, a little more interested in learning to lead rather than learning to follow. You'll notice there's a, a, a lot, there's a plethora of information about becoming better leaders. I mean, books are written on leadership, seminars are developed, podcasts are produced, sermon series are preached on leadership. If you look online, just look at all the books written on leadership. There are books about servant leadership and visionary leadership and strategic leadership. There's a whole genre of books now on leaders in history. Books like Leadership Lessons from Abraham Lincoln or Jesus CEO. There's even a book titled Leadership Lessons from Attila the Hun. That's actually a book. We're interested in leadership. But as we read Mark's gospel, Mark is more interested in helping us learn how to be good followers. And it's important for us to think about leadership. I think the best leaders are also the best followers. But the purpose of Mark's gospel is to make its faithful readers faithful disciples. And a disciple is a follower. And so Jesus says, come follow me. This call is not primarily about following a doctrine. It's not about learning a new philosophy. It's, it's not about becoming a, a more moral person. Jesus is calling us to follow him. You see, the essence of discipleship is about relationship. And the first relationship is our relationship with Jesus. Now, this very personal call would have been striking to the original hearers. Prophets didn't call people to follow them, but they would rather call people to follow God. Sages of this time did not call people to follow them, but rather to come to them and learn with them from the Torah. You see, the rabbis of this day were tutors 
in the ways of God. And each rabbi had a distinctive approach to interpreting and applying Scripture to the students' lives and disciples' lives. And so as these students would come to the rabbis, they were following them in, in learning their particular way of understanding Scripture, not their way of living. But Jesus says, come follow me. Apprentice yourselves to me. You become my disciple. And we wonder, why would anyone want to do this? I think I mentioned last week that Mark, especially the first half of Mark, has a particular interest in the identity of Jesus. And so the book opens and Jesus is baptized and God speaks and God says, you are my son. We learn from God who Jesus is. And then later on in Mark chapter 1, as Jesus is ministering, he's, he comes in contact with this person who's filled with evil. In fact, he's filled with evil spirits. And the evil responds to Jesus. The spirit responds to Jesus before Jesus says anything and says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? And then the impure spirit says in Mark chapter 1 and verse 24, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So in the early part of Mark, God the Father declares who Jesus is. The demons understand who Jesus is. But amazingly, the disciples they're still struggling with Jesus' identity. And so in Mark chapter 1, you have this story where Jesus is on in this boat with the disciples, and they're fearful, and they're worried. Jesus is asleep. They awaken Jesus, and Jesus comes out, and, and while that boat is being tossed about like a little paper cup on the water, Jesus addresses the winds and the waves and says, Peace, be still! And immediately the, the water grows placid. The storms cease. And then the disciples look at each other and they say, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, by the time we come to the middle part of Mark's gospel, it's, you get this sense that the disciples understand who Jesus is. And so as we saw last Sunday morning in Mark chapter 8, Jesus has this conversation with the disciples. He said, hey, who do people say that I am? And they gave him several examples and then Jesus looks at them and says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says in Mark 8, 27, you are the Christ. They get it right. That's who Jesus is. Why would anyone want to follow Jesus? If you believe Jesus is the Messiah, if you understand he is the Christ, if you come to realize that Jesus is God come in the flesh, then it makes perfect sense when Jesus looks at you and says, come follow me. It makes perfect sense to leave, lay aside whatever it is you're involved in and to say, yes, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be your apprentice. Often when I have the privilege of being involved in someone's baptism, I'll say something like, you know, we make a lot of decisions in our lives that we regret. Every last one of us have. Sometimes we follow people who leads, lead us uh, into bad places or maybe give us bad uh, advice. But I will say to the person being baptized, your decision today to follow Jesus, your decision today to listen to the Lord is the greatest decision you will ever make. And Jesus will never lead you to bad places. Jesus will lead you to a life 
that will flourish, a life where you, are, you will thrive. Listen to him. Follow him. And so we say, first of all, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. Now, when I'm describing this for people, I often like to have them imagine a triangle. And the first word I write at the very top of that triangle is the word follower. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. But then there's another word I write in the right angle of that triangle, and there I write the word transformation. Because a disciple is not only a follower of Jesus, but a disciple is someone who's being transformed by Jesus. Notice in the text we're reading today, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. I'm going to do this. You see, Jesus has committed himself to changing your life. That's incredibly good news, isn't it? The Lord has committed himself to changing your life. If you look at these two fishermen, these two fishermen say, I will follow you, Lord. And then Jesus said, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to make you into something you are not currently. Some people you see are hesitant to follow Jesus. In fact, they keep Jesus at arm's length because they think somehow that Jesus is only calling or can only use perfect people. Somewhere along the way, they think, well, these disciples, they must have been perfect people. But, but I've got good news for you. If you feel like a failure, if you feel like you're someone who has blown it, you will feel right at home with these disciples. Because even though in this text it seems like they get it, in this passage, Jesus says, come, follow me. They, they do that. They, they follow him. But if you read their life story through the rest of Mark's gospel, you will see they have struggled and they have difficulties and they blow it. One of those instances, instances is in Mark chapter 8. Jesus has just fed the 4,000. And so the disciples now are together and they're talking. Jesus has talked to them about the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. And the disciples are discussing among themselves what this means. And they still don't quite get it. And so Jesus hears this conversation. And he says to them, do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to understand? One of the words that Mark uses is the word amazed. Uh, people were amazed at, at Jesus' teaching. But the fascinating thing is Jesus is amazed at his own disciples' lack of faith. We see that in Mark chapter 6 and verse 6. At other times, the disciples are pictured as people who are afraid, even though Jesus is with them, they're still very fearful. Other times they're described as men who are filled with pride, and so you have that moment in Mark chapter 10 where the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest. And so we see these disciples, they're, they're like us. They're imperfect people. And then at the very end of Jesus' ministry, all of the disciples desert him, one of the disciples betrays him, and even one disowns him. And while they're not perfect, little by little, they're experiencing transformation. And so that's one of the encouraging things I find in the, in the book of Mark. It's not good news that we must be like Jesus. In this regard, the disciples fail, and we always fail. 
The good news is that in spite of our failures, God is patiently transforming us and changing us. And amazingly, He uses us for His glory. We see that in this gospel. And so discipleship is about about God taking imperfect people with imperfect faith and transforming them into men and women who accomplish His purposes. Being like Jesus is a slow, gradual, sometimes painful process, humbling process, but it's incredibly rewarding. And so we see the transformation occur in Peter's life. Jesus, or Peter rather, denied Jesus three times before Jesus went to the cross. And after Jesus dies on the cross for the sins of humanity and is raised on the third day, he ascends back up into heaven And in the book of Acts, we find Peter. Now Peter is standing in front of thousands. And what is he doing? He's preaching the message of Jesus. He's preaching the gospel. We see transformation in Peter's life. Earlier, he denied Jesus in front of a servant girl. And now he's testifying about Jesus in front of thousands of people. A disciple is someone who's serious about following Jesus. As we think about the triangle, The word following is at the top, the right angle. We put the word transformation, and yet it's about something else as well. Discipleship is also about mission, and I would write that word at the other other angle. A disciple is someone who's following Jesus, serious about following the Lord, someone who's experiencing transformation, and someone who's going with Jesus on mission. So Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. He wasn't just asking these men to follow him. He was asking these men to follow him into his work, into his mission. When Jesus was talking to these fishermen about fishing for people, I don't think this was just a clever play on words. He was saying something here that's very significant that we need to hear. He was saying, I want to take this business of yours, and I want to make it into a mission. He was saying, I want to take this life of yours, which is a pretty good life, and I want to infuse your life with meaning and purpose. I want you to follow me, not merely for your own sake, but I want you to follow me for the sake of others, ultimately for the sake of of the world. You see, they were busy making a living, and Jesus was saying, you come follow me, And let's get busy making a difference. You see, this is often where we miss the boat. Pardon the pun. We miss the boat regarding discipleship. Somewhere along the way, we thought we could follow Jesus without following Jesus into the mission. And then we begin following Jesus for our own sake, to serve our own interests rather than the interests of others. Following Jesus becomes this kind of end in and of itself. And when this occurs, the church becomes boring and bland. And and we start to get critical about everything that we see. And we lose this wonderful sense of adventure. This adventure that comes as we follow Jesus into this mission of changing the world. I think what Jesus is saying to Peter and to Andrew is their life wasn't all that wrong. It was just too small. Jesus was offering them an opportunity to join with him in changing the world. Friends, if we forget about mission, 
we end up substituting church membership for authentic discipleship. And what Jesus is calling us to is discipleship. He's calling us to follow Him, to experience transformation, and to get engaged in this mission. One of the books that I've been reading in preparation for this message series out of Mark is a commentary that David Garland has written. And Garland had some words that were especially appropriate for this week. Garland writes, The call and response of these fishermen should shatter our comfortable world of middle-class discipleship. Disciples are not simply those who fill pews at worship, attend an occasional Bible study, and offer to help out in the work of the church now and then. When one is hooked by Jesus, one's whole life and purpose are transformed. When one is hooked by Jesus, it's then that Jesus' ministry and Jesus' mission starts to become ours. And what did Jesus do? He gathered up a few people, he poured his life into them, and he sent them out into the world. And what does God want us to do? He wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to gather up a few people, to pour our lives into them, and to send them out into the world. We want to be the kind of church that makes disciples. We want to be a place where disciples are making disciples who are making disciples. And so, who is a disciple? We get a glimpse of that in this first chapter of Mark. A disciple is someone who's serious about following Jesus, but it's more than that. It's someone who's experiencing transformation, but it doesn't stop there. And it's also someone who follows Jesus into mission. And so Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the question for us is, will we heed this very important call? It's a call beyond church attendance. It's a, it's a call beyond morality. It's a call to literally join with Jesus in changing our world. I'm not sure who said it first, but I kind of like the phrase. It helps me understand what God is calling us to do. Someone has written, I'm really nobody, who wants to tell everybody about Somebody who can save anybody. That's what the Lord is calling us to do. And what a wonderful adventure. What a wonderful call. And what a wonderful mission. If, you're, if you would like to have further conversation about what we've talked about today, email me this week at koncollegehills.org. If we can help you or bless you in any way, we're here to serve you. We hope you have a, a great week.